Church, so today I want to share with you something that is very close to my heart. It's about servanthood. And the topic is servanthood a more excellent way. So the scripture will come from the Gospel of Mark. But first, I would like to give you some background information about the Gospel of Mark. About the four Gospels in the Bible, Mark is the shortest of them all. Mark was written in a period where the Christian church were prosecuted by Rome, the Emperor Nero, because he thought it was the Christian that set fire to Rome. So, during this time and Jesus' ministry, um, the people were looking for an outcome. And Jesus were preaching about the kingdom of God. But the perception of the people of the time was that the kingdom of God will be an earthly kingdom, whereby they will get rid of the Roman oppression. And so, I would like us to, to read a couple of scriptures, and I will explain as I read. Um, we can start with Mark 10, verse 35. And the heading there is, greatness is serving. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your left hand and the other on your right hand in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. They said to him, We are able. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that, uh, uh, that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I was baptized. And when uh, sorry, let us just go one verse back. And, and with the baptism that I'm baptized, you will be baptized. And when the ten heard, him, heard it, 
they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. We'll just stop, stop here. James and John, they were brothers, and they were part of Jesus' inner circle. Now, Jesus also called them sons of thunder because of their nature. And once the disciples and Jesus were traveling and they came to a Sumerian village, and the people were very unkind to them, and especially with Jesus, and then James and John asked, can we pray from fire from heaven to destroy this village? And Jesus rebuked them and said, no. But now you can understand why he called them sons of thunder, because um, of their personalities. But Jesus knew their hearts. And that is why the two of them played a real important role in, in the disciples and their ministry. James was one of the first disciples that was killed, and John, the last disciple that died of old age, but he also been matred in the last days. So, we, we see this struggle that the disciples is having among themselves here. If we look at Mark chapter 9 and the beginning of Mark chapter 10, Jesus is preparing his disciples of the imminent crucifixion and resurrection. And immediately, the disciples are starting to talk about, among one another, who is the greatest among them. And then James and John went to Jesus and, and asked Jesus, in your kingdom, now remember the perception was an earthly kingdom. We want to be in the power positions on both sides of you. But Jesus told them, this is not his to give them. And this has been prepared by God the Father for the people that, that God will appoint in these positions. And if we can continue with the scripture, uh, on verse 40, 43, uh, I, I, sorry, 42, Mark 10, verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them and with the great ones exercising authority over them. Yet, it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be 
this be slave of all. For even, and this is important, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. People, servanthood and servant leadership is summarized in that scripture. To, to put this for us in perspective, perspective of, of, of our current world that we are living in, and I will ask the media team to put up the, f the first slide for us so I can explain to you and, 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 br and bring it in context with our challenges every day. And yeah, please forgive me, I'm using an example of the secular world that, uh, that is used, but I think we can, we can all understand this. So there, you see an organizational structure of institutions, whereby you have your executives and your CEO on top, then your different managers, and thank God for employees that is actually doing the work. <laughs> now, what Jesus is telling them here in verse 32, 42 is, is showing them this, this organizational structure whereby the Gentiles have people that is lording over them. And this is how they manage. It's a, it, it is a, from the top downwards. But this whole process is driven by fear and pride. But now you have an executive that's on the top there. And he's got all this, this authority and power that he now begins to think, I'm so great. I don't need a God. I'm, I'm self-made. What is further, he can think he's much better than the people below him. And then these people are forming their identity in their position. And this can be your, not only your position at work, it can be in the house that you are staying, in the car that you are driving. So people, there's a quest only for power and possessions. And now, the next slide, I want to show you a structure that is not that popular, but extremely effective. Can you please put up the second slide? Now, there's servant leadership. Now, there you will find your leader on the ground level, at the roots. The important aspect of this structure is the fruit. So you as leader is grounded, you give stability with the roots for the people that you are serving. You make sure that the water and nutrients are transferred 
from the roots to the fruit. Because the fruit is important. The fruit must be healthy and tasty for the people that consumes them. And this is what we need to work on in our daily lives. Now you will tell me, but I'm not a manager. I'm not a leader in society. And I'm telling you that is not true. Each one of you, including myself, in the realm in which we live each day, we present Christ. And we must produce fruits of the same kind that Christ did. So, in your workplace, I told you that people's identity, and I'm using it because I can talk about experiencing it myself. People's identity become so connected to that position that that they forgot about humility and compassion. To be an effective person in your community, in the area that you are operating, you need to be humble and have compassion for your people. In your workplace, in your classroom, where you find yourself, you need to understand the heart of the people. What are their expectations? What what makes them tick? And then you do and you serve them to make them greater than yourself. So this is not, not easy because in the world outside it is ego-driven and, and, and success is measured by, by your wealth and your position and the power that you've got. And in God's kingdom that is not the case. I've seen in a corporate world, that because of pride, people are losing a lot. They're becoming sick. They need to be hospitalized because they can't or they do not know how to handle attacks and, and when things are not working the way they want to be. And that identity is be, being taken away from them then they feel hopeless. They don't know where where to get meaning in life. But for us, as the Church of Christ, and for real revelation uh, to happen, we need to have the mind of Christ. We need to apply the mind of Christ every day in what we do. And we mustn't do it to please our boss or the person next to you. We must must do it to please God. 
because He placed you there. We have, many of us are working under difficult conditions. We've got unfair bosses that doesn't understand you. Now, what do we do in this situation? In the Bible it says, the authorities in our life is placed there by God to minister to us. God is using you in that situation to train you so that when you, in a, you can help somebody else in a similar situation in the future. So do not get disheartened. I just want to check here. To be a servant, as I said, you need to have humility and compassion. We must be humble of our achievements and give the glory to God. Servanthood and servant leadership can only be achieved if our identity is in Christ. Now, identity is in Christ is where I'm standing here. I know that God will not place me here if His grace is not going to cover me here. And that is the same thing when you stand tomorrow in your workplace or school or university or where you might find yourself. Remember that God loves you. His Spirit is within you. And His grace is with you. You don't have to fight the battles. God is fighting the battles on your behalf. In difficult times, we need to trust the Lord. We need to be faithful. And I heard in the week a good example of faith. So the oak told me, he's in the construction industry, and he says, if you built a wall with bricks and cement, you'll use some steel between several layers of bricks. And that steel is making the wall strong and stand and to endure. This is how our faith must be. So when it's, when it's difficult, we need to, to, to have faith and trust God that He will bring outcome to our situation. Do not put your trust into, in, in, in people. And do not take easy offense. People, when it goes difficult, when you're being treated unfairly, trust the Lord that He will protect you and guide you. And also, to achieve servanthood, and excellence in servanthood. The first requirement is we must be sons and daughters of God. We need to draw near God and must have an intimate relationship with Him. If we do not have that relationship, it's going to be very difficult facing life's challenges in the world.
we must also renew our mind daily and our thinking patterns to change it to the mind of Christ. It is about submission. You, you need to become less and make the person next to you become more. That is why when we serve and we can serve in church, true revival will only manifest if there's true servanthood. If you serve with the right attitude in your heart, not to be seen by people, but unto God to, to give Him the glory for everything. And this is what we need to strive for, is to serve each other in this church. So the moment when revival happens, revi and when revival happens, there will be a spirit of excellence that will come on upon the ministry. And the spirit of, will, of excellence will excel all the efforts that we have. So, my prayer is that God will speak to each and every one of us to show us where we can improve and that the Holy Spirit will give us the power so that we will be able to overcome the worldly system and be true to God. I also would like to read you a scripture that is summarizing the message for me very well. It is in 1 Peter 5, verse 2 to 4. Where Peter is saying, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not for dishonest gain. In the in the body of Christ, there is no place for corruption. We need to be honest in our dealings. Verse 3. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So, yeah, it is saying that you don't have, have to be a leader. In your personal capacity, you must be an example of God and of Jesus. And in verse 4, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory, that does not fade away. Amen. 
people. Our, our reward is in heaven. With Jesus. And that is why we're struggling here. That we can trust the Lord. That one day we will be with Him. In His kingdom. And that is what we need to strive for. And need to work. So... This message is short, but I believe that God placed it on my heart to share this with you. And that you were encouraged by it. Uh, we're going to have communion. I will ask Richard if you can help us with... Um, some music and as also the offering thank you